You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of Jeremiah today, Jeremiah chapter 38. You oftentimes will know where a pastor is in his personal Bible reading. I preached from Jeremiah last week. I'm here again. I finished the book, so we'll not be here. But on July 4th, we'll be in the book of Lamentations. That's the next book. But today we're in Jeremiah chapter 38. I spoke to one person before I read the scripture about the message and He's very excited about the message today, but very concerned because it addresses something that's happening in America. And yet, you'll see as I speak, there's no malice in my heart toward anyone. You'll see it. But we are being torn apart. You know, preachers often preach historically what's going on in society. A good thing, it's a good thing for a pastor to do that. He guides the people. Jeremiah preached about what was going on as a result of Babylon. Isaiah was preaching to his people about the sins of the rebellious house in Jeremiah the same, of what was going on in their country. And the judgment was coming. You see the kings of the Old Testament, 19 from Judah and 19 from Israel, they generally, if they were good, they spoke about the judgment that was coming. If they're evil, they... They tried to embrace all unity. It's an amazing thing how we read the Bible. The leaders in the Bible spoke to the need of the hour. Through COVID, I think, I believe the preachers in our church that have preached these last 443 days have preached to the issue of the hour. A lot of messages on God's in control. God's going to take care of us. Fear not. It's been an unusual 443 days, but God is still on the throne. The Black Plague, which killed nearly 200 million people in the 1300s, preachers preached about that adversity. I think of the messages that, if you read Spurgeon's messages in the late 1800s, they had the Black Plague that came to London again, and many of his messages, you hear him saying things like, the wagons are making their way down the cobble streets of our city, our great city. The bodies are being laid outside on the sidewalk from homes of loved ones. This week, I remember one message I read. He said this week we had, and I forget the number, it was seven or 12 people out of our church that passed away whose bodies were picked up by the wagons as they picked up our members this past week. You know, this COVID thing has been an awful thing. And I'm not here to address how it's been handled or what is being done. But I am saying this, that there are some repercussions that have come that are good things. But there are some things that have divided us. And you can hold on to your chair there. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to be... Make you nervous in the service today. I promise you that. I believe in this country, 
the vast majority of Americans really care about one another. I really believe that. You know, when a dictator, dictator who's uh, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, whenever you take over a country, you always try to divide ahead of time. You get the people worked up, religion against religion, the rich against the poor, the employed against the unemployed, race against race. And you see that the haves and the have-nots, and there's always anarchy, the liberal versus the conservative. Historically, when you take over a country, you always create havoc, where people are at odds with one another. And a leader comes in and he begins to set a direction, and generally the people buy into it. The people of Germany, my homeland, the people of Germany gladly welcomed Mr. Hitler. They wanted him. He promised jobs. He promised that everybody would have an automobile from Volkswagen. He promised it was gonna be wonderful things, but he was a savage dictator, killing one, alone one group of people, six million Jews, gassing them. If they were a twin, I'm a twin, they would take the twins and they would gas them. If they were elderly, they'd gas them in the concentration camps. If they had physical defects, they would gas them and kill them. Six million Jews. I'm grateful for the land of Germany that they've left that camp intact. It's wearing down now, it's falling apart, but they say this is part of our heritage. You know, part of our heritage is not good. No country has a perfect heritage. One of the things that's dividing us today is called racism. And I am not here, and you listen to me, you're gonna say, this is Bible, what he's telling. I'm not here to give you any statistics about how many of this society, this race, or this nationality are killed by police, and how many by this. You can read all that on your own. But you know what? I have never in my life had a racist comment directed toward me. Oh, I've had some people, I knock on their door, I say, I'm the pastor over here, and they slam the door once in a while, but you know, most of the time I can get people to talk. They're not gonna leave their church, but most of the time. You know, I find out that people are generally kind. I have never, let's go back to this racism. And one of the big racist questions say is black versus white. I've never had one black person in my life ever be mean to me. And I could tell you this, I've never been mean to a black person. I think this world and this nation and our news media is trying to tell us we hate one another. I don't know what because I haven't read the news since November 1st. But apparently there's something about Asians being attacked in this country. Well, you know, I don't like that. I don't like to hear that. I pastor so many Asians and so many nationalities. I would imagine today first generation uh, people in this country, there's at least probably 75 countries represented. On 9-11, we had 68 countries. That was 21 years ago. First generation people. 68 countries on that Sunday. We, are, we have so many different groups. I could not pastor, God knows it's true, I could not pastor an all-white church. It just doesn't work for me. I'm a, a Acts chapter two type preacher. All nations gathered together, and they were with one accord and one mind. I'm so thankful that we have red and yellow, black, brown, white, they are precious in his sight. 
And I can tell you this, that our church, we ran those buses yesterday, and we named the country and the races and the ethnic backgrounds, we brought them in. Because by the way, it's all level at the foot of the cross. And this business that we hate one another, I don't believe it. You see an accident take place. You watch the people that pull over on the side of the road to help immediately. You don't say, well, they're the wrong race. They're of the wrong nation. They're the wrong person. I'm not gonna stop for them. They go to North Valley Baptist Church. That, that's not gonna happen. You take your neighborhood. My neighborhood, right over here, a few blocks away, I tell you what, I know the neighbors. Many of our neighbors come to church. Some of our neighbors don't come. But all of our neighbors know when they drive by my house on that corner, they come around and they always wave to me and I always wave to them. I wave to everybody. They stop and they talk to me. I go out to mow my lawn and I'm thinking, Lord, will I get this done? Normally I don't get it done because someone stops. They don't even attend this church. I say, how you doing, pastor? People talk to me about what's going on in our church with this COVID. They don't even come to this church. God bless them. Hey, I want you to know that I want to be a pastor that loves people. There's a biblical answer to racism today. And don't let this news media tell you how we hate one another. We've got a church over there today filled with Hispanic and they're singing Feliz Navidad. I don't know what they're singing, but they're singing. That's about all the Spanish I know. But I tell you what, we're gonna keep running as many buses as we can to reach everybody. And I want everyone always to feel welcome. We have, a, we have three groups out today singing. One's over in Indiana, they drive out tomorrow morning to South Carolina. One of our staff members preaching and groups singing. We have a group that's over in Arizona. This morning they're with our own boy, Jason Brockman, grew up here, he's a graduate of our college in Colorado Springs, doing an amazing job, beautiful building they built. It's just an amazing thing. And then they're gonna move into Colorado tonight, then they go tomorrow to New Mexico. Every day they're singing and preaching. We have a group, a Spanish group, down in Los Angeles all week, and they're gonna be in a big conference with thousands of Espanols. Guess what? We want those people to come to college here. We want them. I want you to see the biblical answer to racism. And no, you're not gonna be able to leave here and say, oh, Facebook or whoever does, you're not gonna be able to take this down today because there's nothing that is wrong about what I'm saying. Tonight, today, I want you to see a black man, first of all, that cares for a Jew. Look what the Bible says. In chapter number 38, verses, verse one, there's four sons. These boys had fathers, and now these boys are adults, and they listened, all four of these boys, and the Bible says, the message of Jeremiah was, verse two, thus saith the Lord, hey, you four fellows, he says, he that remaineth in the city shall die by three things, the sword, famine, and pestilence. Pestilence is disease like COVID. If you stay in the city, you four boys, and these boys heard this in verse number three, the city shall be surely be given to the hand of the king of Babylon's army. Therefore, 
the princes of the king said, we beseech thee, let this man be put to death. Because he preached what was gonna happen, they said, let's kill him. The latter part of that verse, for this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but to hurt. Zedekiah the king said, behold, he's in your hand. For the king is not he that can do anything against you. It's amazing how many times our governor has said to us throughout this, well, you know what, my hands are tied. I, I, I can't do anything about opening your church. Our congressman, God bless you, Roe, you're my dear friend. How many times, he calls me on the cell and says, there's nothing we could do. You're under the county health director. I call our mayor, mayor says, nothing I can do, you're under the county health director. Now the county health director says, nothing I can do, we're under the governor. I wish somebody would get it straight who we're under, but nonetheless, uh, don't drive your stakes too deep out here because we're moving back in there real soon. Loving every minute of that here. And he said, I can't do anything, I don't know. And, and, and they took Jeremiah. They cast him in the dungeon. And in the dungeon, there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Enter in a black man. God made it very clear that God's going to send the man of God a man, and he happened to be black. Now, when Ebed Melech, the Ethiopian, one of the, Ethiopian's the key. That's from, you look up Ethiopia in your, your concordance, in your dictionary, in your strong, in your, uh, in your Wikipedia, whatever. You'll see Ethiopia was always known to be a black region, a black country. And God said to this Ebed, he said, I want you, I, I want you to do something. They had put Jeremiah in the dungeon and Ebed went forth to the king's house and he spake to the king saying, my Lord, the king, these men have done evil and that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet. Here is a black man pleading for a white man. And I just want to stop. I would dare say that if something unjust was to happen in my life, I know of the vast majority of this race or this country or this nationality they'd stand up for us. I'm not buying into it. I refuse to buy into it. You don't have neighbors that are saying, well, you're this color, I don't like you. you we don't have that. I'm not suggesting that our country has always been right. Slavery was such an awful thing. It's a blot on our history. It's just so sad. But I was never part of that. My dad was never part of that. My grandparents were never part of that. We lived through that. I'm so thankful that things are changing and have changed. Perhaps they need to change more, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But he said, they've done evil. The king commanded Ebed, the Ethiopian, take from hence Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon. And Ebed took the man with him. And they went to the dungeon and Ebed, the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, put now these old clouts of rotten rags under thy armholes, the cords, and they did so, and they drew up, they drew up Jeremiah with the cords. You know, here, here's a black man saying, there's an injustice, it was evil, it was wrong. You see anybody in life 
whether it be a man or a woman or a boy or a girl or an older person or a younger person, you see anybody of another ethnic background and all of a sudden you see some injustice, we have a biblical responsibility to do something about it. I don't know if the police officer in San Francisco was a woman. I don't know if she was white, black. I don't know what color she was, but she was being beat up by, uh, by somebody this past week. And apparently four men, I don't know if they're all black men that came all white. I don't know what nationalities, I don't know anything, but they came and they went to her defense and pulled the guy off and they held him until the police came and arrested the man that was accosting the police officer. We ought not to ever say, well, they're, they're, they're this country. Let it, let, let's go, go ahead, hurt them. Well, they're poor. Go ahead, hurt them. Well, they're rich. They deserve to be hurt. Well, they're a, they're a boy. They're a man. They're an old person. They're young. Listen, God's people are instructed to love this world. Our God loved this world. I love reading this story of Jeremiah because this boy, this man, Ebed, he said, it's wrong. Always stand for right when someone is being mistreated. Elementary kids are not in here. I wish they were there in their services today. You junior high and high school, you see someone that's mistreated. You see a, a, a boy that's mentally or physically a girl handicapped and some kids are picking on them. You put a stop to that. Don't let anybody ever be picked on. You get someone that that has a, 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 some facial, a, a large nose or big ears or something, you see him being picked on and ridiculed and attacked, put a stop to it. Mankind needs to learn to dwell with one another according to unity and peace. I'm talking about the fact, what a story, this black man. So, okay, you got one story in the Bible. Oh, no. Can I give you this one if you go to Luke chapter 23? This is a wonderful one. Because a black man comes to help another Jew. The Jew that he went to help was Jesus. Everybody, even his own disciples forsook him. The, 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 the city of Jerusalem, they all came from surrounding, surrounding cities. They came to watch this one called Jesus die and, and as a criminal upon a cross. And Luke chapter 23, they all forsook him. Everyone's really gone. Jesus was now scourged with the cat of nine tails. And you know the story of the cat of nine tails. Literally 39 stripes is what it was times the nine straps that were with him and ripping open with sharp rocks or pottery, ripping open a man's stomach as he stood by a pole and then strapped to that pole and they would jerk that thing around. Literally, the insides, the organs would fall out. Man could die from the scourging. And they planted a crown of thorns in the head. Those thorns are about this, this big and they come to a sharp needle point and they're a big base at the top and they made a woven crown and put it on his head. They took a reed, which is bamboo, and they beat it upon his head. They slapped him. They buffeted him. They put a cross on him. And now he's walking with blood gushing from his body and the weakness of his body. And as he's walking in chapter number 23, carrying his cross, the Bible says, verse 25, and he released unto them for a sedition of murder that was cast into prison 
whom they desired, but they delivered Jesus at their will. And they led him away and they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian. Wait a minute. Stop right there. You take your Wikipedia, whatever you have, your app. If you'll study Cyrene, it's always a black nation. All black people. And the Bible says that black man came out of the country and on him they laid the cross of Jesus that he might bear it for Jesus. Here's a man that saw our Savior and he's going to the cross and as Jesus stumbled under the load of the pressure of the cross and as his body was already heaving, this black man says, I'll take the cross. I'll carry it for Jesus. One of the great, and I, I, I hesitate to keep bringing black and white, one of the great sorrows I have, and we have many black folk, I want more. I want more Filipinos and more Indians and more Hispanics. I, I want the nations of the world to come to this place and say, this is home. This is home. I, I, feel, I feel such a calm and a peace. That pastor up there is, is, is my pastor. And he loves me. And this church loves me. I would grieve. I could not sleep tonight if I knew one Filipino ever thought that I was against the Filipinos. I could grieve. I'd, I could sleep tonight. I, I could not sleep if there was one Polish family or one Hispanic family or one German family or one African family or one European family or one person that thought this is a place that, where that I'm not welcome there. That's not North Valley Baptist Church. Give us an opportunity. You'll find that this place is a door that's open. God, Jesus, he died on the cross. He didn't just die for one nationality. He didn't die just for the Jew. He didn't die just for uh, the white man. He died for all the people of the world. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. What a miracle story. Turn with me to Acts chapter number eight. In Acts chapter eight, a black man cares for Jeremiah, the man of God. I, I don't buy into this nonsense that we hate one another. A black man cares for Jesus and he said, I'll carry this cross for him. Here's a white man. He cared for a black man's soul. In chapter eight, Verse 26, he was a preacher, he was a Jew. And the angel of the Lord spake to Philip saying, Arise, go toward the south, the way that go from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose, he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, that black country again, a eunuch, a great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was sitting in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit of God says, go near. You know, Philip had left a revival, a great revival taking place because the Spirit said, leave the revival, go to the desert. And he gets to the desert and he finds one man. He finds one man in Ethiopia. God says, that's the man. The Bible doesn't say that. He said, I'm not gonna go talk to this man. We're not even the same race. Look what the Bible says. In verse 30, and Philip ran hither to meet him. 
He said, you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept someone? Someone help me and reach to me. In verse number 35, Philip opened his mouth and began to, same scripture, preach unto him Jesus. We know the Ethiopian eunuch in this story was saved. It's amazing, as we see in Acts chapter 2, as you see all the list of countries, Cyrene was listed there as one of the countries in Jerusalem. All black folks. I was preaching in a large church. Thousands of people there. And I looked around, and it's nothing wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with it. But all the children's choirs had blonde-headed kids and brown hair. And all the adults were white. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, glad I'm white. I don't, I'm glad I'm a man. I'm glad I'm a pastor. I'm okay with who I am. I'm glad I'm a German. My wife sees me as a dog because I'm a German shepherd. But, but, but can I tell you something? When you get to chapter 2 of Acts, all nations were there. I thank the Lord for the Chinese population we have in our church in Japan and Korea and Singapore. I'm grateful today for Honduras and our other ministry, the Spanish, it's just not Mexico. We have El Salvador, Mexico. There, there's, there, there's probably at least 15 countries minimum that are Spanish-speaking people. The church is not supposed to just be one nationality. I preached in that church in a distant state, and I, I, loved, I loved the pastor, and it's not his fault. But I remember sitting there saying, I could never do this. I just could not do this. I'm not saying he's wrong. They don't have any rules up. Only white folks can come here. I just couldn't do it. I grew up here, and by the way, I didn't, Filipinos, when I grew up in the 50s, right here, there were no Filipinos here. I graduated from a high school, public high school, not far from here with 598 graduates. We had one black boy, we had a couple Spanish, it was all white. I went to college and it was that way. But you know, a wonderful thing happened. This area became computer. When I came in with Mrs. Trevor 45 years, it was all farm country. Down Montague, all this was farm, all this was orchards. It's one of the most fertile areas in all the world, they say, to grow agriculture. This area right here. But it's been replaced with computers. And you know what those computers have done? They brought the nations of the world. We send missionaries to go to these nations, and God sends the world to us. God's been so good to us. I've preached in Korea and I've preached in, uh, I've, I've been in Japan and I've preached in the, uh, Costa Rica and I've preached in Canada and I've preached in Mexico and I've preached in these countries of the world. And I go there to preach, but I tell you what, I have folks coming right here, every nation of the world. I have to close. Yes, nations have mistreated people, the Jews, have been mistreated and are being mistreated. And 
races of the world have been mistreated and undoubtedly are still being mistreated. That's an awful thing. But what other people do, that's theirs to stand accountable before God. I want us to love the people of the world. In closing, I want you to take your Bibles and go to 1 John, please. I'm going to ask you to turn there because I want you to read with me some scripture and then we'll be done. One of the, I, I see some elementary school teachers here and they know one of my regular messages throughout the year is Ephesians 4.32 and be kind one to another. I want our children to be kind to one another. I, I want us to be kind to children. I, I was walking out of chapel and just had finished elementary, just had finished high school. I was walking out and the little kids were out in the playground over there playing, they're playing kickball. And I saw a boy just recently this school year running, he kicked the ball and he ran into a little girl. I don't know if he was in sixth grade or whatever grade he was, I have no idea. And, and she was maybe a first grader or something. And she fell down. And I watched that boy, I don't even remember who it was, I watched him stop. The goal is to make it home. And he could have made it, but he stopped. And he went down and he looked and she was not that badly hurt, but he helped her up. And said, you need to go to the office. You know, that's what life is about. See, I've told you this years ago, several years ago, I was getting on the freeway right over here, 101, and, and a big old semi truck, big old semi, and there was a little lady in front of me, and she was trying to get on. You know, she's probably too old to drive. And, and she was trying to get on that freeway. And you could tell she was scared to death. And he blew on that air horn, scared that little lady. You know, yes, it's hard for a semi to slow it down. I understand that. But the sorrow, if that was my mother out of eight, that someone treated my mother like that. I ate for that little lady. You've heard me tell it before when my, my mother or my dad, one of them fell in the grocery store. And all of a sudden she said, son, we have such a good country. People came there all around us trying to help us up and care for us. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't buy into this stuff that we all hate one another. You're here today because you know this is a place we're loved. For God so loved the world. Oh, we all have different characteristics. I have so many, I would imagine we have five, 600 Filipinos in our ministry. When I get a letter or a note handwritten on the outside of the card, I can look at it and say, that's a Filipino writing. I didn't even know what Filipinos looked like when we started here. I, I, I'd say, are you Chinese? I, I didn't know the difference. As folks started coming, I can tell you Filipinos. I can just tell you who they are. I can just tell. I just know. And when they write a letter, I can say, Filipino. They have such exact writing, such beautiful writing. They're not like Germans. Sloppy all over the place, you know. I'm a German, okay. Look what the Bible says in closing in 1 John 3, I wonder if you'd read verse 11 with me, 1 John 3, 11. Ready, begin. For this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 
I'm not talking about embracing air. Well, God bless you. We're all going to heaven. No, no, that's not true. There's one way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the answer. I'm not going to be rude to someone, though, of another religion. I'm not going to be unkind. To another. I'm not going to take their material. God tells me not to. But I'll be polite. Notice what the Bible says in verse 14. Let's read it together. This is powerful. Ready? Begin. 314. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. How about verse 15? Whosoever hateth his brother Hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoso have this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth of his vows of compassion on him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. How about chapter four, verse seven? Look what the Bible says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If we don't love people, God says, you better check your salvation. There's hatred and ill will in your heart. You better check what kind of Bible salvation you have. Verse number 11 of chapter number four. Beloved, if God so loved us, even so shall we love one another. Look what he says in verse 20. If any man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that, that he who loveth God love his brother also. I'm coming to you simply to say this. Uh, there, there, there might be, I, I don't know, there may be examples of racism and there may be that someone will treat me wrong this week and I might get in the flesh and treat someone wrong, but friend, it's not Christ-like. My Bible says in Revelation 5 and verse number and chapter number 7, almost identical. And the Bible says that all, uh, after this I beheld all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with the white robes in the hand. Who are these? These are they which came out of the great tribulation. Every nation of the world is going to have salvations in the tribulation. If they've heard the gospel, they'll reject him. He'll be sent in a strong delusion. But every nation of the world, why? Because even the illustration and the last moments, the last seven years, he is not willing that any should perish, Jew or Gentile, but that all should come to repentance. I'm so thankful that I live in a place like this. You say, well, I'm more important. No, that's what racism is. Racism is, racism, is, racism is saying, I can elevate myself above you. Oh, but what's the Bible say? If that is true, if you have more intellect or more money or more position or more authority, he that is chief among you, let him be your servant. If you're a boss at work tomorrow, serve your people. You don't look at their skin or their ethnic background. 
I grew up right here, about 15 minutes from here. One of the first songs I remember in kindergarten, five years of age, was Mrs. Daniels. And I can remember in our pastor's garage in Sunday school singing. I can remember it. I remember only a boy named David, but I remember this one. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black, brown, white. They're all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Be kind to an old person this week. Be kind to someone who's old. They're struggling to get the groceries. and the, Be kind to them. Ah, those old people there. They got all these handicapped parking stalls in the front. Then why did you join a club so you can work out? I don't get that one. You ought to park the furthest away so that you can work out on the way to the store. But maybe you ought to thank God that you don't need one of those yet. But there are some sweet people that do. Don't complain about a handicapped parking stall. I know your driving skills. I can tell you what country's driving in front of me. I know if it's a female or a male. I can tell. I was preaching in Korea in 1977, and they said, a Korean said to me, you know, Brother Traber, here in Korea, if you had a choice between the steering wheel and the horn, because I was downtown and they were all honking the horns, he said, if you had a choice between a steering wheel and a horn, you'd take the horn. He said, see how there's four lanes here and we've made it eight lanes? People are not honking at one another to be mad. They're just saying, I'm coming through. I'm coming your way. Why don't we just chill out a little bit? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.